Hey guys, how's it going? Thought I'd start off today a little bit different. I thought, you know, we'll just get straight into it. And I wanted to talk about a specific topic today, and that topic is nicknames. You know, nicknames, they're a great way, great way to get an insight into what a person's really like, I reckon. If you kind of get an idea on, like, what a person's nickname is, you really get to see how other people see them in the world, I reckon. I think it's a good way. So I thought, you know, we'd start up today by me going over a couple of my nicknames over the years. I've been a man of many nicknames. Many a nickname has been bestowed upon me. Probably because, you know, got a Matt, bit of a boring first name, and I stand out in a crowd, to say the least, in terms of my physical appearance, and a bit of an interesting personality, so people, I think people just, you know, sort of thought, we need to describe this person in a different way. So anyway, one of the first, one of the first nicknames I can remember having, it's a simple one, childish one, bit of a play on my name, it was Fat Willie, you know, name's Matt Lilly. They went fat, Willie. Really not that creative. And, uh, you know, it was a bit of a... wasn't exactly a positive nickname, I'd say. And, yeah, probably bullied to an extent with it, but it wasn't that bad. Like, you know, it was kind of funny. I didn't mind it. I did have worse nicknames. Whale. Whale was one that stuck for a while. That one was a bit more rough. That one... It was early on in high school. Didn't really enjoy that one too much, you know. Got to the point, really, where literally other kids would just make whale calls at me for a few weeks there. So that one's a bit rough. But, yeah. Next we went on, you know, going through the high school years. I had a girlfriend in high school. She gave me the nickname Sally. Sally from Monsters, Inc. You know, a bit more of a positive nickname, I think, because, you know, if, if you've seen that movie, it's the, you know, the main character, he's meant to have, be this big, scary monster and have a heart of gold. So I suppose, you know, she called me that. She got all her friends to basically call me that. It was kind of a little bit weird, but, you know, endearing nickname. Didn't exactly hate it, but, you know... At least they were calling me me because of that and not because the fact that Sally was a child trafficking kidnapper. You know, that, that's what that old movie was about, Monsters thing. Monsters going into children's bedrooms in the middle of the night and scaring the absolutely living shit out of them. And then one just happens to kidnap one accidentally. But hey, that's, uh, that's par for the course for a Disney movie, isn't it, really? But yeah, nicknames, man. I love nicknames. I love calling my friends nicknames. You know, and it's a beautiful thing, a nickname. Most of the time, like, you can't give yourself a nickname, except that's kind of changed recently in times, you know, with sort of the advent of the, of like, the gamer tag, the gamer name, you know. Some guys just call themselves what their gamer tag is, and they come up with that themselves, and they're a fucking shitty 10-year-old kid, and it just sticks for life. You know, got a mate like that, you know, that's, that's basically what Skrilla, Skrilla is, we just call him part of his gamer tag, which he probably came up with when he was a fucking dumbass 13 year old, 
But yeah, nicknames are fun, man. They're fun. The best nicknames, though. The best nicknames are the ones that come from real-world life events. And my brother's got one. The best one. The best one I think I've ever had. So this originates from the high school days. And I'll give it, you know, give him some credit here. He was he was away on a trip. He was away on a he made a representative team in a rowing. Yeah, that's right, we're we're a rowing family. We come from that kind of stock, so judge me on that if you will. But he made he'd made a representative team in rowing. And he was up in the North Island. Just up there for a competition. And there was about there was about twenty twenty kids in the team, half half boys, half girls, and they uh, so they had a couple of minivans rented for the trip. And so they were going between the lake where they were doing the rowing and the accommodation where they were staying in the minivans, going across the motorway. And there was a bit of chicken, you know, a bit of leapfrog being played between two vans. One van would overtake the other, come out, the other would overtake that one. So they were going along, and the other van pulls out, Comes past the van that my brother was in, and a couple of the lads in there drop trow, pull the pants down, press their butt cheeks against the window, and moon. They moon that van. <laughs> yeah, classic moon. Love a moon. Now, a couple minutes later, time comes for my brother's van to now overtake said van again. And my brother had the idea of, you know, got to get them back. Time to get them back. I'm going to moon them just like they mooned me. But what was different here was... He'd been feeling a little bit rumbly in the tumbly that day. He'd had a bit of a, you know, bit of a dally belly. Bit of a bubbly tumbly. And when he pulled his pants down, pressed his cheeks up against the window of the van, mooning the other van as they drive past, and when he sits back down, there's a stain. He's left a stain on the window, the inside of the window. And the girls screamed, and the guys laughed, and one of the guys in that van came up with the beautiful name that is stuck forever, and that is Shindo. So yeah, that's why I like nicknames. Yeah, bit of a bit of a different way to start the episode. Basically, what that was, I'll make a little bit of an announcement here. Your boy is starting to stand up. We're going stand up tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we're signed up. Open mic night here in Christchurch. We're we're doing it. We're doing it. We're locked in. We're committed. We're going for it. And basically that is kind of what I came up with today to be my first, you know, five minute, be a little bit different. I went for about six minutes there, six and a half minutes. Just, you know, I was going at the podcast pace. I'm fucking high as shit. I'm sitting down in my car. I was trying to really kind of think about what I was saying. So I feel like if I, when I get back, get up on stage tomorrow night, I'll be a bit more energetic to the punch, sort of, you know, cut a couple things out a bit quicker. But, um, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's reasonably tight, reasonably tight, a little bit of, 
not huge on the punchlines. I kind of want to get up there and just tell a little bit of a story, kind of endear myself to the audience a little bit, show a little bit of, show a little bit of vulner, uh, vulnerability, and just get up there and just you know make them love me because that's why we do this for the gratification of complete strangers. Why else would I get into stand-up comedy? The complete love of complete strangers that I am never really even going to like or talk to in the first place. But hey, we're going for it. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're chasing our dreams and we're going for the big time. We're going for the big time. But a little bit, you know, obviously a bit nervous about it. A bit nervous. Not exactly, you know, expecting a lot from the audience. Don't know if I'm going to quite fit in, which is why I'm kind of going pretty soft pretty soft on the, uh, well, not too soft, pretty hard. The story about my brother, that was, uh, that was one of, that's, that's kind of a safe one. That's always a good one. Gets a couple of laughs. Told that one at his wedding last year. I was the best man. And that was how I closed out his best man speech. And it killed there. They're a bit different because like, obviously there was a room full of people that actually knew him. And like he was sitting there absolutely hating it, which made it even better. But I'm sure I'm sure it'll play well to an audience of complete strangers. And I'm building it up. I'm not like just trashing him. I'm trashing myself at the start. So that's that's kind of why we're going with that. So I think you know, put a bit of thought into it. Try and go off the cuff. I don't know. Might jot a couple of notes down so I don't forget. Because I don't. We'll see how I'm feeling. If I'm starting to feel pretty nervous tomorrow afternoon, leading up to it. And I'll jot that, jot that down, jot that down in a hand or something, or take a wee piece of paper up there. And yeah, yeah, see how we go, that's all we're doing, we're just going to see how we go. Not putting any expectation on it. Don't think, you know, not going with grade A material, not going with, ter- you know, I'm, least, I'm at least semi-confident someone's going to find it a little bit funny. And they're not going to hate me, which is all I want, I just don't want them to hate me. Alright, this is terrifying, this is scary, okay, but we're going to do it, we're going up, so probably by the time you've heard this, whenever you get around to downloading and listening to this, I probably would have already been up there, probably already shat my pants, pissed myself and got booed off stage, so next episode, I'm sure you're going to be at the edgiest, edgiest seats, looking forward for the recap on how I went, and we'll see, we'll see. Because I don't know, you know, stand-up comedy is something I wanted, I've wanted to do it for a long fucking time, you know, I've always been a big fan of it, big fan of it for years, probably since I was a kid too, I remember watching, like, it used to be on TV3 all the time, you'd see, like, Live at the Apollo with, like, um, you know, there'd be a lot of British comedians on there, you know, they'd be real fucking funny, you'd see the New Zealand ones, like, New Ze- you know, it was always on TV3, a lot of comedy on TV3 back in the day, you know, you'd see Die Henwood. Paul Ego, fucking, I'm drawing a blank on a lot of their names, because I really don't follow any of the New Zealand comedians since I was a kid, it was kind of, that was, that was just what was easily accessible, it wasn't really going on YouTube back then, you, you know, weren't really, I'm sure occasionally a big, like, American or big time British guy like Jimmy Carr would come on TV, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Jimmy Carr, I remember first seeing him on that Live at the Apollo show. But, uh, yeah, man, been a big fan of stand-up comedy. Always been something I wanted to give a go. Even recently, like, fucking looking forward to... It's a good. It's going to be a good stand-up comedy month down here in Christchurch this next month. Got Tom Segura coming in about two weeks. And then t- three weeks after that, 
Dave Chappelle is coming to Christchurch and got tickets to both of those. So I'm looking really forward to that. But um, yeah, man, just a big fan of stand-up comedy. Always wanted to do it. If not now, when? Let's just get out there and fucking do it. And I don't know. It's like, I'm not putting too much. Like, obviously that's, you know, just saying that. You'd think I'd be building this up, thinking this is my big chance. I've got to crush it. But I'm not really, because I think in a way... Stand-up comedy is kind of a dying art form, in a way. I don't know. It's also going really well. It's kind of a hard to, hard to see. I could, I could, just with the way the internet's going, and the way culture's going too, I'm not really like... I don't know if I'm the right kind of person to be going with stand-up. I feel like podcast, the podcast goes well. This podcast is going to be big, massive. going to blow up one day, and it's going to be going to be the breadwinner. But, um... And, you know, there's other ways, other forms of comedic, artistic expression that I think I'd be pretty handy at. But stand-up comedy, it could be a different beast. Like, yeah, I've always been a half-decent talker. And, uh, you know, never, you know, get a little bit nervous when speaking in front of a crowd, but never enough to make me do, you know, be up there shaking or anything and shit my pants, so I'll be fine. I'll be absolutely perfectly fine there. But, um, yeah, it's kind of just... I don't know, man. In one way, you're like, yeah, I think I could be pretty good at forming long, sort of complicated stories with sharp, funny punchlines and hitting, you know, really grinding away, crafting on material and just trying to find the perfect timing and perfect inflection on different voices and different ways to say different things. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of faggy, really. And it's kind of, you know, it's not, I don't know, it's like the lifestyle isn't that appealing to me. The act of doing it is appealing, but the lifestyle, I think, is what's like, not that like, I think it would be too hard or anything. It's just, you know, you're constantly getting up stay on stage and relying on other people to laugh at your shit and having to travel around a lot if you're mate, trying to make a living out of it. And I don't know if I love that part. If I ever get to that part, that's pretty, you know, pretty ballsy, assuming I'd even get close to that at this point, but I don't know, man, so that's why I'm kind of like, it's definitely something I've got to give a crack, I've got to give it a crack, got to see how I like it, at least, like, I could get up there on stage and, you know, get, like, a couple of chuckles and just have my dick get raging hard and always want to be chasing that fucking high for the rest of my life, or I could get up there and, you know, kind of be like, yeah a few people and I was going, yeah, yeah, it was all right, wasn't that good, I don't know, we'll see, I suppose these are all questions that are just going to be answered tomorrow in like less than 24 hours, so, you know, it's kind of nice, kind of looking forward to not having to think about that, like kind of, you know, it's kind of powerful when you put it that way, I'm re- and reassuring, like, you know, then I'm just, all I'm going to do is just, you know, if it goes bad, I just remove that what if. Like, I don't have to think what if, because I know, I know, you know, and it's not for me, who gives a fuck, it's not that, not that, not the end of the world, I'll do, I'll do perfectly fine and other shit. But also, like, if it goes well, it goes fucking well, and that's great, we've got a new thing, we're going to dive head first into it. And yeah, and yeah, that's all we can focus on because, you know, I was starting to think, I was getting a bit nervous thinking about what the audience is going to be like, you know, they're going to be a bunch of, you know, 
woke pussies that see a straight white male walk up, walk up on stage in front of them and, you know, just fucking hate me because I symbolize the patriarchy, but I don't think it's going to be that bad, unless I start, you know, unless I start getting too political and talking about how great, you know, how terrible Jacinda is and all that kind of shit, they might look at me sideways then, but even then, I reckon if I play my cards right, if I play my cards right and just, you know, come across as the great person that I that I am, like the kind-hearted soul that everybody loves, you know, win the people over, really just go out there, focus on just some wholesome, you know, PG-13 material out there, you know, just sort of, don't, don't be too edgy, like, I feel like i got enough of that shit up my sleeve for a few months before, you know, I start getting, getting some sway there, getting some comedians on my side and I can just start being a little bit edgier, start winning the audience over a little bit and kind of just, just pushing the boundaries, which is all you can ask for. Cause like, there's obviously a line. I'm not going to go up there and just start making jokes about raping tranny, trannies or anything like that. I'm not a fucking idiot. That's just, you know, that's just, even though that could be funny and I'm sure I could come up with a lot of different ways to make a funny joke about raping trannies. That's just stupid. That's just, you know, that's just, Yeah. We're not going to do that. So there is a line, and we're not going to, first first wee while, we're going to stay in our lane, keep our head down, just work at getting, just get used to getting on stage. I think that's the main thing. Just get used to being on a stage in front of a crowd of people. But yeah, anyway, this is kind of, it's kind of pointless even thinking about that right now, because we haven't even got up on stage once, and we're going to do that tomorrow, because I could absolutely fucking hate it, and if I absolutely fucking hate it, we don't have to do it again. But I don't think I'm going to hate it. That's the thing. I think I'm going to fucking love it. I'm going to love it. Oh, it's going to be like, get this shit right in my fucking veins. So that's also kind of exciting. I think, you know, I'm going to, I think the energy I'm going to, I'm going to have tomorrow, I think it's going to be a bit of a nerve excitement, bit of, bit of positive anxiety. Like obviously, you know, if I'm not nervous for it for a first time doing something like that, then I'm just, you know, you're just lying. Everybody will be. But I think I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of excited, kind of a little bit excited about it just you know you know so we'll see it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a good time with a positive vibe we're going in there we're gonna going in there manifesting complete positive vibes and that's all we're gonna worry about but yeah what else happened this week had some big news this week it is official and on top of all the other great things that i've done in my life we don't have to list all of them out here. You're probably aware of them at this point. I got something else to add to the resume, to add to the certifications this week. I am officially a published scientific researcher slash author. Yes, that's right. This motherfucker right here is a scientist. A published scientist. I did scientific research and wrote a scientific part of it has been incorporated into a published research article in a reputable scientific journal. And that's been official as of last week. Got a message out of the blue from an old lecturer at the university days. And I did, because I did some work for him. This was like four and a half years ago. This is how long this has been in the works. Four and a half years ago, second year at uni. Part of my work placement, placement, my work experience, I was studying my sport and exercise degree, 
I was uh, traveling down to Ashburton to uh, do some GPS analysis of a pretty well-known semi-professional rugby team down there. If you know who they are, you know who they are. Probably could Google and find them out, but I won't name them. Don't want, you know. Fuck it, it was Mick Canterbury. It was Mick Canterbury. I just gave you all the clues. I may as well just give you the name, save you some fucking time. But, um, yeah, so I was doing that. And if you want to Google it for yourselves... Hold on, let me just, I'll read the title out for you. If you want to Google it for yourself, fuck, I might, as a real flex, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to put the link in the bio so you can go fucking see it for yourself. But I have been published, oh, I better reply to that cunt's fucking message, I didn't, that's a bit shit. But I have been contributed as the fourth author, the fourth author on this research paper, the running demands in club, regional, national, and international, provincial, New Zealand rugby union competitions. And that has been published in Frontiers in Sport, a scientific journal, a scientific Journal, article, I don't know, one of those fucking things, whatever you call them, I just lost the word. And yeah, your boy Matt Lilly, along with Peter Olsen, Richard Ducras, Sean Owen, James Jassy and Michael Hamlin, have been named as all the authors. But yeah. So, next time, next time I go off on some scientific bullshit, something related to COVID, something related to anything, anything science and relating to the human body, just know it's coming from a published scientific researcher right here. I know what I'm talking about. Yes, okay, I was published in the running demands of rugby, and that's got absolutely nothing to do with you know, virology and V studies and the like. But it's more than you have. It's more than 99% of the population have. How many people get to say that they're a published scientific, like, scientific author? How fucking many? How many do you know? Probably fucking none, you dumbass, unless you actually know me. Then you know one. So, that's a flex. I'm going to be flexing on them for the for years on that one, that's going to go on my tombstone, and I'm just constantly, you're never going to hear me shut up about it, you're never going to hear me shut up about it, and I earned it, I earned it, I worked fucking hard for that, I worked fucking hard, I was driving down to Ashburton twice a week for about four months, it's like an hour and a half drive each way, I'd go on like a Tuesday night, come back at like midnight on a Tuesday night, to being in Ashburton all day, and then I'd go down on a sad day for the games. Even a couple times I went on a bus trip all the way down, went furthest one, I went all, all the way down to Omaru, which is like a three hour drive from here, and the bus with the boys, who I'd barely talk to, but yeah man, it was a good time, not really, it was kind of, it was work, it was work, it was work experience, and it's finally paid out, and I'm a published scientific researcher, so don't at me, go fuck yourself, and yeah, on the topic of sport. The NFL, 
wildcard, super wildcard weekend has just wrapped up. Six playoff games, first round of the playoffs, and fuck. Pretty damn exciting round of playoffs, except for this last game. We got one blowout. It was this last game. The Dallas Cowboys blew out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sent Tom Brady packing home. He's out of the season, knocked out in the first round. I'm going to guess it's, I'm pretty confident it's his last game for at least the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Could be the last game in the NFL. My honest pick, I'm calling it now, I think Tom Brady next year is going to be the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. That's my pick. Derek Carr's gone. They're going to want a veteran. Josh McDaniel, his old coordinator's there. I think Tommy Boy, I think he wants one more year at least. You know, he doesn't, he, he remembers how shit retirement was just a year ago. I don't think he's dramatically fallen off or anything. And he's going to go into a system that he knows. He's going to have one of the best receivers and the one of the best tight ends and a decent O-line and one of the best running backs in the league around him. It's, it's just going to be, in terms of the free agent, you know, the good teams that don't have quarterbacks looking for, a, trying to win a championship pretty pretty soon. The only, you know, the best one would be the Raiders. Unless he somehow is able to get to the 49ers, which I don't think is happening. Because the 49ers have found themselves Brock, Big Cock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, pick 262, Mr. Brock Purdy out of Iowa State, is absolutely balling out as for the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. He was the third string quarterback. They lost Trey Lance in like week two. They lost Jimmy Garoppolo about six weeks ago. So they were forced to go to Brock Purdy, who's one, who finished the season starting the last five games, winning all five of them to get the 49ers to the number two seed in the NFC. They play the Seattle Seahawks in the first playoff game of the weekend at home. Bit of a shaky start, you know, it had a bit of an average first and second quarter. Still got, you know, Christian McCaffrey was balling out for the 49ers. Had a massive run. Got the, Set up most of their points in the first half. Carried the team. But they were, st- they were down. They were down 17-16 to the Seahawks. who were doing pretty well in the first half. Geno Smith was playing well. He was going to DK Metcalf, the fucking freak. And Tyler Lockett, their, their other main receiver, was playing well. So at half, it looked like it was going to be a good game. It was going to be a tight game. But that was before Big Cock Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers offense decided to ball out and just fucking take the game over. Now, I know, like, like at this point, it's kind of like, you know, if you if, if you hadn't been watching the games, you'd kind of be like, oh, you know, surely... 49ers just stacked enough. They're still carrying this this quarterback. They're carrying him this far in the playoffs. But once they play a decent team, he's going to get found out. And he, I don't think he will. They've been playing decent teams. They just played a playoff team, and he dominated them. And if you watched them play, he was moving around real fucking well. He was pretty accurate with his passes. Like he was hitting deep balls. He was, you know, he he was getting a lot of wide open fucking receivers because. 
this this teammates are just that good and this coach is also that fucking smart that he's able to get them all wide open all the time. But man, so he's still going to deliver the pass and he's still making, all he's got to do is really make three or four like tough throws a game and just keep making all the easy ones like he's doing and they'll fucking win everything. And could you imagine? He wins a Super Bowl. I think I think the 49ers, they're probably my second favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point, behind the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the ones that had to buy this week in the AFC, are the favorites. But I think it's I think it's fairly wide open. They haven't really been dominant this season. They've you know they finished with the equal best record, but and Pat Mahomes has played real fucking well. But they they never really blew anybody out, and they lost they lost a couple of games there. They they, they lost to the Bills, they lost to the Bengals, they lost to the Colts, and they lost to someone else who I can't remember. So I'd say, like, the Chiefs are still the favorite, but the 49ers are right there. And then you got, like, the Eagles, who I think are pretty shaky, pretty inexperienced, had a real good start to the year and then kind of limped in, but still hung on to the number one seed. You've got, you know, the other teams that we'll get into soon. But fuck, man, if Brock Purdy goes in and wins the Super Bowl, big cock Brock Purdy, he's he's locked in there. He's like, you can't, he's your starter. He's just started for years to come, and he's already won a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. There's no way you keep Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Or they're not keeping Garoppolo, but there's no way you keep Trey Lance. He's hardly played, but you, you trade him away, and you fucking invest in big cock Brock. That's what they got. That's that's what I want to see happen. Now, what's going to be interesting is, you know, they've made it to the, Obviously, if they lose this next game, then all that goes out the window. Especially, maybe, like, if he still plays well and they lose, then you can say it's like an open competition next year between him and Trey Lance, and you just keep both of them, get and let Jimmy Garoppolo go, and then like you at least know that if Trey Lance is better than him, you got a decent backup, and you keep him on. I think that's probably what will happen regardless. They're not going to just trade Trey Lance away. I think they'll probably say that there's a competition next year and just keep whoever gets beaten out, keep him on as a backup, but fuck, man. The deeper they go in the playoffs, I think the better chance Brock Purdy just beats them out. Even if they just make, even if they just win the next game against the Cowboys, who you know are a good fucking team and probably look the best all all week. They got a real good defense and Dak Prescott balled out, so that's going to be fucking tough. But if they get get past the Cowboys, get to the NFC Championship, and shit, if they get to the. I think the way the way the NFC is set up, I think this Cowboys Forty Nine ers game. I think this is. This is the best team in the NFC. This is this is what I'm I'm picking. Whoever wins this game, I think is going to win, win the conference. Because the Cowboys, man, they're so well rounded. Them and the Forty ers I think the two most well rounded teams in the whole league. I think the difference, like I'd put the Bills and the Chiefs maybe slightly ahead of them as better teams, because their quarterbacks are the two best quarterbacks in the league. And you got Dak, who's probably I'd rank him around that 7 to 10 range. Like, he's good. He's a starter. He's not going to lose a job anytime soon. But, you know, he can have a bad game. And then, obviously, Purdy, you can't put him. Like, it'd be crazy to put him up near the top half of the league at this point. But he could be. So. But, yeah, on the NFC side, I think they're definitely the two best teams. I think they're better than the Giants, who also got the other big one over the Minnesota Vikings. 
I wasn't surprised about this one because the Vikings are kind of shit. I think they're the shittest. And they've kind of been pretty average towards the end of the season. They kind of fell apart. I think teams kind of figured them out. Like the Packers fucking blew them out and then they beat the Bears in the last round. And it was kind of like, yeah, they beat the Bears comfortably, but that's nothing. So I think like for the Giants, like, yeah, good for them. They had a good win. I didn't actually see like any of that game. That was... There's a game I missed on uh, on Monday. I saw the second half of the Bills Dolphins in the morning, and then watched pretty much all of the Ravens Bengals. And we'll get into that one. Don't you worry. But uh, didn't see much of the Giants Vikings, but I saw the highlights, and it just looked like you know the Vikings, the Giants played played real fucking well. Offense probably played as what good as they could but like and the Vikings obviously they're not shit they still are a good team but they're not a great team so I think the Giants winning there I think I think that's as far as they're going if they could you know if they blew them out if they dominated them I'd be feeling differently about them but good for the Giants they got a playoff win the Vikings were never going to go far anyway they won a lot of close games a lot of games they shouldn't have won their record probably should have been three or four losses worse in hindsight that's probably would have given them an accurate representation of where they really were. And then the Giants beat them at home in the playoffs in the first round. So, yeah. So, the Giants, Giants go in and play the Philadelphia Eagles, who are obviously a good fucking team. But they've been sputter, sputtering. Sputtering to finish the season. So, there could be an upset there, honestly. Especially if the... I don't think I don't think the Eagles sitting out for a week helps them. I think it helps them get healthier because you had Jalen Hurts, who was nursing an injury towards the end of the season, missed a couple of games, but I don't know, man, that's why like, I don't have a lot of confidence in either team, so that's why I feel like in the NFC there, whoever wins between the uh, 49ers and the Cowboys coming up, I think I think that's who's going to the Super Bowl, and who could win the Super Bowl, either team, either team, it'd be kind of cool, like, I'm not a, I'm kind of a Cowboys hater, no one really likes to see them do well. But Mike McCarthy's a cool coach, and Dak Prescott is actually like seems like a genuinely good guy, and there's a lot of other cool guys in their team. Like, and obviously they've drafted well, like they've built their team pretty well. Like Micah Parsons is an absolute dog on the defense, and yeah, they're just very well rounded, very well rounded team, defense and offense. Not gonna blow you away on either, I think, but like they're gonna be there in every game. But now to the AFC. We'll talk about the crazy game first. The one you would have seen that grabbed all the headlines. You had the Jaguars versus the Chargers. And the Jaguars went down early on. Trevor Lawrence threw four picks in the first half. Absolutely crazy. I thought he was done. I thought he choked. I thought he was just, you know, young guy, second season, just absolutely shat the bed. Like, I'm going to do it this open mic tomorrow. But, um, yeah, man. Chargers were up 27-0 in the second quarter. They had no business losing that game. They had no business losing that fucking game. But they just stopped playing. They couldn't get a first down. They couldn't stop the Jags. Trevor Lawrence, halfway through the second quarter, suddenly switched and he was basically Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger combined and just fucking balling out. And just came massive comeback. Four touchdowns. 
That's being down 27 though. The fucking Chargers can only get a single field goal in the entire second half. And yeah, man, they kick a last minute field goal to win 31-30 and Trevor Lawrence goes through to the second round, wins his first playoff games and they'll face the Kansas City Chiefs and they will get bent over and slapped around and made to look like absolute shitheads next week. Now that's what I'm picking. Obviously football, anything can happen. And honestly, I would, I think it's probably just as likely that the Chiefs kind of just have an average performance and end up just beating them by a touchdown. But I don't think there's really any way the Jags get past them. I'll be absolutely shocked. I'll be absolutely shocked if that happened. So, but good win by the Jaguars. Massive comeback. Chargers, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Like, come on. Get rid of that Staley guy. He's a fucking weirdo. Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers. Just look it up. Like, they showed a video of him doing, like, a cat-camel stretch in the middle of the field, like, before warm-ups, and he just, like, looked like the biggest fucking weirdo you've ever seen in your life. And he's meant to be a leader of men. No wonder they're an absolute shit show of an organization and no one plays for anybody. He just, no one's motivated. Fire the coach. Who cares if they made the playoffs? Get rid of him. But yeah, that was that game. So yeah, the Jaguars go on to play Chiefs in the other in the first AFC matchup next week. In the other AFC matchup, you got the Buffalo Bills. They managed to just hang on to an injury against an injury ravaged Miami Dolphins. Down to their third string quarterback. I only saw a little bit of this game, saw the fourth quarter. It was a great fourth quarter. Bills just seemed like their defense did nothing, which is concerning, which is why I'm a little bit concerned. Just seemed like their defense just lost their heart. But um But um yeah. Yeah. 34-31 high scoring game. Bills sneak out of there. They go through to the next round. Didn't see a lot of that. And they're going to play the fucking Cincinnati Bengals. <sighs> the Cincinnati, Cincinnati fucking Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens lost. They should have won. They actually should have won this game. They should have fucking won. If you watch this game, the Baltimore Ravens were the best team on this day. And they lost the fucking game. Because the Tyler fucking Huntley and I can't even blame him that bad it was just the weirdest fucking most unlucky play that he was the one that fucked up that then somehow resulted in a full field fucking touchdown man if you don't know the game was tied 17 all four minutes to go Huntley had led a long fucking drive all the way down to the two yard line it was third and goal they were going for the the QB sneak and instead of going low and going under where the ball's protected and if you fumble it it's going to fall on the ground probably behind you and underneath you where there's a lot of young guys there to scoop it up he decides to go over jumping in the air over the pile with the ball exposed just trying to just get it over the line and the ball gets swatted out of his hands falls into the big defensive lineman's hand who runs 98 yards to the house for the 14 point swing touchdown they were about to concede one and even if they didn't concede one and the Ravens didn't get into the for the touchdown and just took the easy chip shot field goal they would still go up 20 to 17 
The defense was balling out, stopping Joey Burrow completely in the second half. The Bengals couldn't do shit in the second half. Couldn't do shit most of the game, to be honest. You know, the defense just balled out. The offense was doing enough without Lamar Jackson. And then just a bullshit play like that just cost the game. And fuck, man, if we got through, if we fucking got through and Lamar came back next week and we went up against the the heartless Bills, I should stop making that joke, but I'm not going to. The heartless Bills with no defense, with our defense, man, we could have got through. We could have made it to the AFC Championship. And who knows, who knows what could have happened. When we played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, I would have leaned towards the Chiefs. They have been our bogey team, but it doesn't even fucking matter. Because that fucking play. But anyway, you win some, you learn some. That's football. My uh, off-season summary for the Ravens is pretty simple. There's three things they need to do. Pay Lamar Jackson, for fuck's sake. Give him all the money. With him, we're a Super Bowl contender. Without him, we're fucking not. It's that simple. And get him a receiver. Like, come on. He needs somebody to throw the ball to. You can't call him a shit thrower if he's got no one to throw the ball to. And just get rid of Tyler Huntley. I hate that cunt's face. Anyway, I'll see you later. I'll let you know how tomorrow night goes. I'm going to crush it. Thanks for listening. You're all beautiful people. See you when I see you.